The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. What you hear in the next hour could very well save your life. Now, here's your host, Sharon Kleina. Glad you listen to the Sharon Kleina Hour, the Power of Water and Water Life Science. We're into our 10th year. Many years ago, when I was asked if I wanted to have my own radio talk show, and I joined Voice America, World Talk Radio, Apple to iTunes, and our syndication. Now, going worldwide with a message. I know for a fact the gift we've been given and the opportunity that we have been given is take our message to the world that water is the life of all the planet. It's just strange that the message that we need to get across to all of the political leaders throughout the world that without water, there is no infrastructure. There is no planet Earth. You become sand, like the Middle East is sand. It's lifeless organism, just absolutely futuristic, depleting. Life must have moisture in the air, that water vapor. As I've been teaching you, that in on our planet Earth, we had water vapor in the air, uh, circling the whole planet Earth for billions of years before the droplet evaporated with heat, a climate change, at that moment around the solar system coming near Earth. The water evaporated and rain came down. Where we're at today is we have learned so much, but thank goodness we call it technology. And the technology that we've learned that the surface water of the earth must have an abundant amount of water, fresh water, to be able to support slowing down the evaporation of the water vapor of the air. We started on the planet earth many years ago, what was called World Water Day on March 20th. Then as years passed by, we began Earth Day, which was just recently, April 22nd. The reason we have to take it serious, and we don't have to be extremists, is we must realize without water, you cannot live. Your influence, when you left your mother's pocket of water and you entered into the air we're living in, the water vapor, that you can touch it. There's electric energy there like a battery, your walking battery. You just can't see it. Is that our problem? You can't see it. You've got to see it to be able to preserve it. So what I'm saying with the Power Water Radio Talk Show and Water Life Science, the Sharon Climate Hour, 
is we've got to get together with, and make a priority with our politicians and our leaders around the world that water is the priority of our world day, Earth Day, our world water day, and all life on Earth to begin to slow the Earth's problems of disease and depletion and slow human life, all life on the planet must live with that water vapor in the air first and then the rest of the technology was learned. How do you drink water? Drink 8 to 12 glasses of water a day, depending upon how much you need. If you're under a lot of stress, drink more. If you think you're coming down with a cold or an allergy or some different symptoms, drink more. Just go to the bathroom as often as you can. It works. Number one, though, you need to learn how to breathe. In through the nose, out through the mouth with some exercises during the day to get that water vapor to work with you. It works. I do it. A lot of people I know do it. Thirdly, that we must learn how to eat proper food. But food cannot grow. Food is a speed feast. You must eat the proper nutrition, the right food to be healthy, to be alive, and, and show the rest of your friends and your, uh, your, where you live, you want to be healthy because you want a healthier planet. Four, you need to have a moderate exercise, and you need to learn how to sleep with the planet Earth. Five things. Learn to breathe. Learn to drink enough water. Learn to eat the proper food. Learn to have moderate exercise. And then sleep with Earth, planet Earth. We need to preserve all that. What do you think is happening with all these diseases around the planet Earth? Take, be proactive. Learn to live with the planet Earth and sleep with the planet Earth. Breathe with the planet Earth. Move with the planet Earth and eat nutrition with the planet Earth. It's vital. As I always tell you about your human body, and I'm going to run through this very quickly. The brain is 80 to 85% water. Your eyes at the surface are 99% water. What is dry eye to blindness? It causes blindness. Over-evaporation of the eye, no different than the earth's over-evaporation. You over-evaporate. The lungs that give you that oxygen and keep everything moving with your blood, your skin, your liver, your bones, your kidneys, your muscles, and your heart, all demand and have to have a certain percentage of water to thrive, to live. You won't operate. And to live on this planet Earth, to make a healthier planet, you need to be healthy. You need to be proactive. You need to be learning how to take better care of yourself. The world population right now is, in two weeks, it grew 1,592,270 people. We now have on on the planet Earth as of now, on the planet Earth, we have, this last year, we had 45 million babies born. Today, we had 154,000 already. The planet Earth population is 7 million, 400, pardon me, 7 billion, 418 million, 44,700 people to live here. They all have to have water. They all need to breathe water. So we're going to have a very special show today. We're going to have Fred Pierce, who's the author and veteran 
environmentalist, uh, journalist out of England and out of London, England. He has a book out there that he's going to be talking to us about. It's really exciting. The New Wild and Discuss Earth Day. It's very exciting. Join us. You'll have a lot of fun and you'll really feel the planet you're living on. Well, listen to our sponsor with Water Life Science, Nature's Tears Eye Mist. Did you know the surface of your eye is 99% water and it over-evaporates once you're born? That evaporation can cause allergies, burning, itching, dysfunction, and vision impairment to blindness. And what happens with eye drops and a saline solution, it causes a reaction to more evaporation. They asked me years ago if I would supplement, learn just a new technology to supplement that, that water. We developed Nature's Tears Eye Mist with a trade secret of tissue culture grade water to supplement with just a mist. They're launching in China this year. We own patents all over the world and in China to supplement with the power of water, water life science, with just a mist. No added ingredients to be able to support the supplementation of recycling with the water vapor of the air. It's the only product like it worldwide. We'll listen to our sponsor with just a mist, and we'll be back with Fred Pierce out of London, England. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com Discover the secret of Nature's Tears Eye Mist, an entirely different approach to eye care without eye drops. When your tear film is dry, your eyes feel dry. Nature's Tears Eye Mist naturally supplements the tear film with Biologic Aqua Absolute Premium Standard Grade of pure, all-natural water. Nature's Tears Eye Mist, just a mist. All-natural, safe, convenient, no preservatives. Nature's Tears Eye Mist can be purchased nationwide at selected eye care professionals and drugstores near you. News. Opinion. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. Listening to the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. If you have a question or comment, please direct your email to Sharon Kleina Hour at Yahoo.com. That's Sharon Kleina Hour at Yahoo.com. Now, back to the program. Fred, Fred, are you with us? Hi, Sharon, yes, I am. Well, thank you for joining us again. I want to tell our audience a little bit about you before we begin. Mm-hmm. Fred Pierce is in London, England. Fred Pierce is author of a, of a book called New Wild. It's an award-winning, he's an award-winning author and journalist based in London. He has reported on environmental science and development issues from 85 countries over the past 20 years. Environment, he's an environment consultant at New, at New Science since 1992. 
He also writes regularly for the Guardian Manager newspaper and Yale University's prestigious E360 website. Pierce was voted UK UK Environmental Journalist of the Year in 2001. He's been, agri- he's been awarded an Agriculture Award. He has won Lifetime Achievement Awards from the Associated British Science Writers. He has many books, include with Speed and Violence, Confessions of an Eco-Center, Coming Population Crash, and The Land Grabbers. Thank you for being with us with all that hard work and fortunately people are noticing what you're doing, Fred. Well, thank you. Good to be with you. Well, you know, we just had Earth Day on Mm -hmm. April 22nd and you have a new book out called The New Wild. Tell us about what you've been learning with your research about why you wrote, wrote a book called The New Wild. I think The New Wild, it's trying to explore where nature's got to in a planet which, as you're often explaining, um, is kind of now dominated by humans. So I've been, The New Wild is really a, a planet in which there is nothing that's completely natural anymore, much as we might like to think it is. Even the rainforests, even the Arctic, even the sort of depths of the Sahara Desert have all been changed by humans. So nature is changed by humans. So the ecosystems, the, uh, the natural links, the networks of wildlife that scientists try and analyze, they're not truly wild anymore, although they are quite, they are wild, but they're not truly natural anymore. They're all, whether it's climate change or pollution or whatever it is, they're all changed by human activities. One of the things that we've done a lot of is moving species around the world, whether it's zebra mussels or tamarisk or Asian carp or all these species that we hear about that are kind of changing the American landscape or things that have come from America have come to Europe and people object to the ruddy duck and the muskrat and the mink and crayfish and all kinds of stuff that people get very worried about over here in Europe. And people get very frightened about these migrating species, these alien species, these invader species. But what I'm saying is I think we've got to get used to them. And the good news is that mostly these species moving around, these invader species, are not completely messing up ecosystems. They're changing them. But nature seems to kind of get on with them. Nature is more adaptable. Nature is more versatile. Nature is more resilient than we sometimes think of it. We talk about nature as being very fragile and kind of, you know, at risk from humans. I think, frankly, humans are more at risk from nature. I think um, nature is going to cope with these movements. So that's the new wild that I'm looking at. It really is quite wild. It's nature red in tooth and claw. Nature that's going to um, it's going to run out over some of the pretty crazy things that we do to it. 
Fred, I, I'm glad to hear you say that because I've been studying for a long time too. And uh, my, my focus has been on the water vapor, the human mm. life with water internally and those symptoms of disease living with that water vapor, but the surface of the planet and the planet's life with water, fresh water. I am so glad to hear you talk about earth adaptation um, because I'm a believer that the earth does adapt if, if science adapts with the earth, with the ecosystem of how to adapt. Did you follow me? Mm-hmm. You know, when you go in to grow a crop, you must adapt with that crop, with, your, with, with your, the agriculture to the earth where it's at, at the, at the spot. Mm-hmm. You know, we've had on our show here some of the largest uh, uh, um, organic far- uh, farmers here in the United States, thousands of years. And they learn how to till that field, that soil. The soil is a species. And they till it just right to, to be able to adapt to the location, to be able to pull the moisture out of the air so they don't have to have, use as much water. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you're right. You're right on. Now, when you say the new wild, is, uh, when, when people, are, people are needing to learn that the earth started out without the word technology. They started out with to learn. They had to learn from the beginning of time, earth's holistic, let's say, movement, holistically. How does this earth live and how do we live with earth and how do we survive? And also think about earth being here for eternity. I'm a believer, Fred, it can happen. But what you just said is the truth. We need to think about adapting the earth and with how we live with the earth and live with that vapor and air called the breath of life. I call that the breath of life with human life and all life. You are right. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're living in a new world now. The, the, the scientists are starting to talk about the Anthropocene, you know, the, the, the planet dominated by, by humans. And that's where we are now. Um, we can't go back much as some of us might like to go back to a, a much emptier world where much of uh, the planet was just completely controlled by, by nature without us intervening. But we're in a different world now. But I think the good news is that we can, well, we must adapt or nature will make us adapt. But we can adapt to this world and nature can adapt to us. And we're, uh, you know, might get a little bit kind of rocky along the road, but I think we can do it. And I think we can live with nature close to nature you know we you know we have i was just reading a a report just a few days ago about how they're discovering new species in the middle of los angeles species that are new to science in the backyards and the community gardens and the uh, parks of los angeles there is just so much that we don't know about nature but and the ability of nature to live even in our, you know, even in our concrete jungles, it's a great inspiration because it shows how, um, you know, we can get on with nature. And I expected ways that nature can, uh, you know, adapt to us. And that gives me great hope. Now, what have you, now, when you first started out with this um, a lo- uh, long ago, 
What was your first thinking uh, about the environment uh, when you first started out? And let's say you didn't have the experience you have today and you hadn't been researching for books and talking to people. What did you think then compared to where you're at today? What's the difference? I've I've changed quite a lot. I mean, I did. I started off with very straightforward and, you know, good, good ideas, I think, I believe, about about how humans were damaging uh, the natural environment and how damaging the natural environment with pollution and all the other things that we were doing was going to be destructive for nature, and and it is in many ways, and destructive for us because this would come back and uh, come and damage our lives. And all that's true, but there is another side as well, uh, the more hopeful side about how nature... Can is more versatile. But if we, you know, if we think about it, this shouldn't be any great surprise. I mean, we, you know, Charles Darwin told us a long time ago how nature is constantly adapting; it's constantly the survival of the fittest. Uh, evolution is constantly going on. Nature is constantly adapting to whatever situation it finds itself in, so that it can thrive. And nature, in various forms, has thrived for hundreds of millions of years on this planet and it's managed the planet in many ways to keep the planet fit for life on Earth. So nature's not going to suddenly give up on that. You know, you know what, Mike, we're, we're as destructive in many ways as you know, asteroids hitting the planet right. in the past or all these various things right. that have happened to the planet. But nature's not going to give up. Nature is going to adapt in whatever way it can, in whatever way it will. Evolution does that. You know, the, the activity of the genes in our bodies are brilliant at changing mm-hmm. us changing nature, changing any species when it needs now, to. Now, Fred, something so we're learning you know, that's, in that's water. Great. That gives me hope. Fred, what, something we're learning in water life science studies with scientists mm. and different ones in this working with us is that water vapor in the air is adaptable. It'll work with the planet Earth like an electric bat, like in a battery, like an electrolytic charge. And mm. the one thing we're learning in new discoveries is we bringing scientists on and we talk on here very like we're in a lab and people listening to us get to overhear how we're studying, what we've been learning, what you've been learning, what I learned, what other scientists and others have been learning in their studies, and let's say their mission. And what we've been learning is that water in the body is adaptable to recycling with the water vapor, and the water vapor is recycling with the planet Earth's water on the surface. And that water on the surface, Fred, is adaptable if there's enough, if there's not enough fresh water on the surface, it'll slow down the recycling and it won't be as adaptable at that spot mm-hmm. on the earth at that moment, at that location, if there's not, because it has to recycle with the water vapor in the air, that invisible water that's electrolytic. It's, it's the reason everything is here, is that water vapor. And if that water vapor is never forgotten, and that recycling of the fresh water that stay, can be on the surface of the planet to recycle with the water vapor, and then it recycles with all life, but human life and your health, with all those internal organs, they're all recycling inside of your body, thinking, working with that electric like a battery. It's like I had a scientist on here who said, we are a walking battery with that water vapor. I've had people tell me that are airport controllers 
the airplane couldn't live, can't fly with the right plant pattern, flight pattern, if they can't study the water vapor. A battery couldn't charge. So our life with this earth to recycle and to be eco-friendly, we have to bring all of that simple common sense the way earth did it. Earth did it. And it's mm-hmm. so exciting because when you stop and think, that isn't so complicated as those, some of those fancy words might be. We just said it's so common sense to bring people as a pilgrim to do what you're suggesting as wanting to be proactively adapting, learn to flow like water flows, holistic medicines, holistic um, wellness forever meant to flow. Well, water is one of the great examples of how nature does uh, renew itself constantly. On the whole water cycle, we can pollute water as much as we as much as we do, um, and we do great damage when we do that to to species and to ourselves if we get in harm's way. But nature, you know, evaporates that water. The power of the sun evaporates that water. Uh, and renews it because it leaves the pollution behind. And when the river, when the water comes back down again as rain, it's it's clean again. That's a really nice example of um, natural cycles and their ability to uh, to renew things. So there are limits within which we now have to work. If we if we run out of clean water, that's a problem uh, locally. But nature will recycle things, will renew exactly. things, and will provide options for us to renew ourselves. There we go. Renew our. We're going to take a moment with our sponsor, and we're going to be right back. And then you and I can discuss what the word climate change means throughout this planet because mm-hmm. people are really confused. Don't go anywhere, Fred. We're going to listen okay. to our sponsor, Nature Cheers Eye Mist, with just a mist. It's going to be in China as of this summer, uh, for, for, because as you know, the water vapor has the pollution and contamination, and the water vapor is your recycling of your body's water recycling and supplementation. But at the surface of your eye is 99% water. It's not an eye drop. It's not a saline solution. It's water. We're going to listen to our sponsor with just a mist and tissue culture grade of water. We'll listen to our sponsor, Nature's Tears I Mist, and be right back with Fred Pierce. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. Discover the secret of Nature's Tears Eye Mist, an entirely different approach to eye care without eye drops. When your tear film is dry, your eyes feel dry. Nature's Tears Eye Mist naturally supplements the tear film with Biologic Aqua Absolute Premium Standard Grade of pure, all-natural water. Nature's Tears Eye Mist, just a mist. All-natural, safe, convenient, no preservatives. Nature's Tears Eye Mist can be purchased nationwide at selected eye care professionals and drugstores near you. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You're listening. 
listening to the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. If you have a question or comment, please direct your email to SharonKleinaHour at Yahoo.com. That's SharonKleinaHour at Yahoo.com. Now, back to the program. Fred, you and I were talking about the adaption, and you were talking about your new book, The New Wild, and uh, explaining to us what that meant that we can adapt adapt to this planet if we're willing to work at it. And and, and to me, I was thinking about being proactive to learn to flow and and adapt to the ecosystem of living with the planet, not running away from it. Then we started discussing what might be what's causing the changes. And people, Fred, I don't know about in your country and in Europe, but people in America are confused climate change. What does that mean to you, Fred? It's pretty simple climate change. It's the other phrase we use is global warming because there are certain gases in the atmosphere, and this is old physics, 200 years old physicists would have told you this. Uh, Certain gases in the atmosphere trap heat, trap the sun's heat and stop it escaping back into space and gradually can warm the planet. And those gases are perfectly natural. They're things like water vapor. Water vapor, without water vapor in the atmosphere, uh, our climate will be very different and much colder than it is now. But it also includes a gas called carbon dioxide, which we are adding to in the atmosphere, and that's the problem. Um, whenever we burn coal or oil or natural gas, these are, contain carbon, and when we burn them, they produce carbon dioxide gas, which is building up in the atmosphere. You can measure it, and it's trapping more heat, and it's slowly warming the planet, and that will just warm everything, and it will change our weather system, so when, it, when and where it rains, it's starting to change. When we get droughts, it's starting to change. And that warming is causing melting of ice. We see how the Arctic is losing its ice, especially in the summer. All these kind of changes going on. They're gradual, but they're happening, and they're a bit scary. And that's, that's climate change. It's old physics caused by new pollution. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, how I look at climate change is what happened originally is when Earth was cycling around the solar system and, and, and we all have to stop and think, even though we're sitting on this planet Earth, we're moving with Earth with the solar system. But around Earth, there's that water vapor. And what began life on Earth is that of the evaporation at that time of water vapor. And the rains came down abundantly. And we had those five stages of, of Earth to where now water is the dominant force of life, which is water vapor. And then, of course, on the planet Earth, we need that water vapor at the surface, water at the surface for all life to live and fight diseases too, and for the Earth to fight, to work at, at fighting a disease. Because Earth has diseases too. You can look out probably your window and see what's going out, uh, the changes that are happening. Where I come from, and maybe you can help us, is people get so confused, Fred, out there uh, with global warming 
um, a, a global a climate change. And we're not cocking common sense to them. For people to be able to understand how to live on this planet, Fred, there's a lot of people, I've been speaking in schools where I get standing ovations. It's just interesting how children never knew they were walking water. They never realized that every one of those organs in their body is with water, living with the planet Earth like a battery. They had no idea. Uh, people don't realize that you really need to learn to breathe uh, with exercise, like you walk, you have a motion of moderate exercise, you try to eat right, and you try to drink your water, but you need to also breathe with exercise in through the nose, out through the mouth, that water vapor to exercise, how to release the stress, release the toxins and, and the, the problems that the body uh, your particular individual symptoms. People don't realize there are no two eyes alike, no two fingerprints. We are walking individualities with water. Um, I found that when you talk to people like that, all of a sudden they're looking at, or, uh, at the global warming. They're looking at climate change, and they're realizing how they're changing and the effects to them they never thought about. Because they never thought of themselves as living with the planet with water. They are water. They never thought of themselves as a battery charging with the water vapor. Um, for people to be able to support this. Now, I don't know about in your country, uh, we could probably say my husband's from Holland, Fred. Um, probably in Holland, water is a priority of their lives. But you and I both know water is a priority, which is the number one infrastructure of your life on the planet. The leaders of our planet left it behind. They only talk about it when it's in trouble. Have you ever noticed that in, in Europe? Yeah, it's, it's just so much part of our lives that we forget about it until it's not there, until it's too little. Well, you talk about Holland in the Netherlands where, of course, much of their land is below sea level and they have to work very hard to keep the water out from keep it from flooding them. So they have a... They have a Priority. Yeah, they can have too much water rather than too little. Right. And then, then we're finding out here in the United States, I don't know about in, in, in uh, England, the pipes, I've said it forever, you know, are are walking, the human person is a walking planet on their own. They're like an orbit. Mm-hmm. If they're unhealthy, they're going to contaminate the earth too. <laughs> yeah, right? well, we can all do that. Um, but yeah, you're, you're right. We're, we're, we're walking ecosystems and we're we are all predominantly water. Around each other with water in us, living with the water vapor and with the planet Earth. Our, mm. our politicians in the United States, I've talked about for years, is those pipes, including those pipes, those pipes can get old and have too much lead in them and becoming harmful uh, symptoms to the body to have disease too. Because you have to drink water. Mm. Oh, yeah, if you drink water from, through lead pipes, that can be potentially dangerous. Here in the United States, uh, Fred, they're getting, in the newscast, all these schools that they're finding out have lead in the pipes. The kids have been mm, drinking it mm. for a long time. 
Now, you can go yeah, into that other building. Removed. We used to have over here a lot of lead pipes, but we've removed most of them. It's some water... Um, absorbs that lead and some, especially acid waters, absorb that lead. Um, so it does depend, how dangerous it is depends a lot on on the kind of water that's coming through the pipe. But uh, exactly. in my view, we should be getting rid of those lead pipes. That's right. And you know, our infrastructure should be paying for that. Priority number one, money, funding, budget, water, right? Mm-hmm. And we might yeah, get rid of some again, of these problems. Again, we water so much that, you know, people don't think we should be paying to keep our water safe. Uh, they don't think well, we should and, be paying to renew our water pipes. Uh, people kind of forget about it and don't you know, realize that, you know, we, have, we need a safe infrastructure system to bring us water or we're all in trouble. We're all in trouble all over the planet because wait until E. coli gets out of control. Water mm-hmm. diseases get out of control. Then they're going to really yeah, find I mean, out. Well, in many countries in the world, you know, the most dangerous thing is water because there's disease exactly. in the water. And, yeah. Exactly. And what is, what is, what is uh, the climate change? What is global warming? What is our uh, evolution of all holistic life on this planet? It has to have a priority. Our elected mm-hmm. politicians, our leaders, are elected to be employed by the people. And that when they're employed by the people, they are... The people are the boss, and what they, where they put their priority of their money, their funding, should be, number one, water. Mm-hmm. Two, safety. It's pretty fundamental. None of us could survive a single day without water. There's nothing more fundamental. You know, and or, you, well, I guess, I I guess the air we breathe and the water that we drink are the two bases of life. And taking a bath, it absorbs into your body. Mm-hmm. You breathe it. It's everything yeah, about life. And people can say, well, why is it that not everybody sticks in? It's because no two people come out of the womb of the mother exactly the same and live with the planet Earth's evaporation from that moment. The body begins to evaporate that moment, living with the water vapor of the air at that moment. No two eyes alike. No two fingerprints alike. Everybody, people even have a little different look. They're wondering why are all these diseases? Because we're living together on the planet Earth in an ecosystem, and you said it in your book, The New Wild. We need to learn from your book. How do we live together? How do we live together with the planet Earth, live together as humans and all life, along with, though, that water vapor and the solar system reaction to how we're living on the planet. Once you figure that out, there is an eternity. But your new wild is targeted toward a direction that I totally agree with, that you need to learn how to, to holistically blend, flow. How do we manage that with algorithm? We've got mm-hmm. this word out there now, algorithm, behavior, and rhythm, and be healthy and be proactive. So people like yourself are so important with what you're doing with your um, many, many years of approach to trying to get people educated. Um, have you been doing very much public speaking with the new book? 
Yeah, I did a little bit. Um, I've, I haven't done any the last couple of months, but I've done, I was over on the West Coast um, this time last year, actually, when the book first came out. Mm-hmm. And we're coming out mm-hmm. in paperback soon, so I hope to be back again. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And what, is your, what do you have coming up? Again? Uh, do you have another book coming soon? Uh, yeah, I don't have any dates yet, but um, soon, mm-hmm. I hope. Mm-hmm. Well, we're finding uh, with what we're doing uh, with Water Life Science here at our research center that mm. focusing on uh, people wanting to learn to look at the planet Earth and flow with it and don't try to fight it, uh, work flow with it. And then we're learning that people will begin to learn what evaporation And for some reason in our vocabulary, Fred, we've, we kept looking at the word dehydration as, mm-hmm. oh, oh, we're going to dehydrate. You evaporate from day one of your life on the planet to serious dehydration effects to maybe die. And that is your pro- uh, symptom to possibly to die. So people need to learn about how to flow and the word stress. What is stress? It's over-evaporation. What is addiction? Over-evaporation. Everybody is recycling differently. Uh, before we have some time left over, what, what would you like to say to the audience uh, that you've been learning about uh, some of the climate change problems out there? Uh, and when you were out there with Earth Day, what is, have they, are they improving? Are they getting worse? Are there different parts of the world that are not doing well at all? Can you give us some thermometers, guides of what, what you were learning? I think climate change is, is carrying on, and it's going to carry on for a while. We're seeing the most dramatic effects now, I think, in the Arctic, not just polar bears, which are having a bit of a rough time, but the way that the ice is melting and the permafrost is melting up there, it's having a big effect because, and it's accelerating the warming because when there's ice up there, it basically reflects most of the sun's rays right back into space. But mm-hmm. if you take away that white ice and replace it with a dark ocean, a dark ocean absorbs more of the sun's heat and it's adding to the planet's warming. So it's like, we had a mirror up there, and we've taken the mirror away, and it's there changing the heat right. of the planet. So, you know, uh, it's, it, there are, I mean, that, that agreement that they reached in Paris, I don't know if you remember back in December, could have a really big effect. It was a tough agreement, and if we do what we say we'll do, and that includes the United States, which is now doing some good things, um, we, can, we can stop this, but it's going to take a few decades, and it's going to take a lot of work. We've got to stop burning that coal. We've got to stop burning the oil. We've got to stop burning the gas. We've got to start getting our energy from the sun, from solar energy, or from the wind, the wind turbines, or some from hot rocks under the ground, or anything but burning this carbon stuff, which is, that's what's doing the damage, and we simply got to stop doing it. Otherwise, the planet's going to keep warming. I'm an optimist. I believe that we will. I believe that there is... Maybe just about time. We've got to be quick, but I think we can stop this in time. Oh, I think we can. Um, I think if we allow um, inventors and technology, uh, new ideas, 
I think they could even go into the school systems all over the world, and the students could be thinking about it, Fred. <laughs> no, we need some. We need we need ideas. Um, you know, the great thing. I mean, the people complain outside outside the United States. People complain a lot about about American pollution. But I'll tell you one thing about America: is that America is very good at coming up with uh, new ideas, new entrepreneurial ideas, new inventions to do something about problems. It's a real great kind of can-do country. So the solar energy that's now really taking off around the world and is going to replace coal, solar energy was first developed in the U.S., partly mm-hmm. for uh, space travel. Um, mm-hmm. And we're now looking at electric cars, another great invention that has just huge potential to change things around the world. Mm-hmm. So that's America. It's kind of, you know, it can, it can be a bad guy with the pollution, but it can also be uh, uh, the salvation of us by just coming up with new technology, new ideas, or just new get up and go to make them happen. You had mentioned in something, too, I noticed uh, that technology, you know, you, people have to have a job. They have to go to work. Mm. I've often said... In, in meetings with the government. Why isn't the government working with the people as a team player, those entrepreneurs? The government, I, I don't want government to be the inventor, the entrepreneur. I want the people to be the entrepreneur. So if the government works as a team player with the entrepreneur and the inventor and the technology, they can work together to keep, create new invented jobs. New inventive yeah, I ideas. Right. Yeah, I don't think. I mean, governments aren't very good at inventing things. They can, they can no, kind not. of create the space where people can invent things, and you know, I mean, governments can fund the universities where people have good ideas and and have the space and the time to develop them. Uh, but you know, governments have got to just kind of provide space for that. Governments, in their, you know, they're, they're, they're no good at inventing things on their own. And you know what, one of the reasons I think why, and to be fair, and I always try to be fair to what I'm working with, is the government has got all that money coming in from the people, and they put a budget together. They don't have to sit together, sit at a desk to figure out how to raise that capital, how to manage that capital. They spend it all, <laughs> and then they go back for more. You, when yeah, you're the entrepreneur I mean, of your books, you know that you have to be careful how you manage because you have, I, I'm assuming, your own business. Mm-hmm. Um, we, as entrepreneurs, I'm the founder of, of, of uh, Biologic Aqua Research, Water Life Science. Mm-hmm. I have to sit here and manage to figure it out. We have to, in fact, I was just watching on American television and Bloomberg the other night. All the founders that were removed from their capacities because people didn't think they were, knew what they were doing to manage, all of a sudden they had to, it's like the Stephen Jobs story, you have to come back and bring him in before we lose it all. <laughs> yep, that's true. And, and I'm going to be making an American statement here. Yahoo is the one that didn't bring their founder in when they got rid of their Yahoo founder. He goes out and he does his investment with Alibaba along with Yahoo. The only investment they have left when they got rid of him is, is, uh, is uh, Alibaba, and they're about ready to go under. So the government doesn't understand how to be an entrepreneur. So they need the entrepreneurs. Wouldn't it be exciting if all governments would work with the inventors and the entrepreneur to create a new 
solving of the planet to be here uh, with um, the climate change, the global warming, and all the ideas and the new inventions creating new jobs. Be so many jobs, Fred. Yeah, we could there, there are a lot of jobs. We need, we need a new generation of ecological entrepreneurs. You're absolutely yeah, right. Yeah, and wouldn't it be exciting, you ch- kids? Yeah, I think everybody's ready to do it. Um, Right. You know, we need to give them space, money sometimes, but mainly just space and time to get on and do it. Everybody knows what needs to be done to the planet now. You know, we know know the things that we've got to do. We've just got to get on and do it. You do. You do. Your book is telling us. Well, I want to thank you for joining us today. And do you have a website for people to go to? Do you know I don't, but if you Google Fred Pierce, you'll find me everywhere. Okay. Okay. Well, thank you, and you have, a, you have a special day. Let's do this again. Pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. You have a nice day. Bye. Bye. Well, I want to thank you for listening. Uh, I've been holding the, the, uh, our guest over longer sometimes and get, get it all in. And we had a little shortness today here with our time, but I want to thank you for listening. Embrace Earth Day. Embrace World Water Day. It's yours. It belongs to you. Embrace your life and somebody else's life, too. But Earth always whispers. Don't say goodbye, ever. Leave something of yourself always behind for all those that you love and care about to enjoy, but also for all the generations of children to come to know you cared. Thank you for listening, and you be well. Thank you for listening. Join us next week for another edition of the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel with an encore Wednesdays at 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Remember to visit Sharon's website at SharonKleinaHour.com. Hour.com.